0: everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the podcast, Extreme Disney. I am your host, Peter Eklund, and this podcast is dedicated to all things Disney+. Plus. First of all, I got to thank you all for listening in on my very first venture into the podcast realm. Having a podcast was something I always wanted to do, I just didn't really know how to go about it and really where to start. But if you know me personally at all, it probably doesn't come as a huge surprise that this podcast would be focused on the entertainment industry. I've always loved movies in general, watching movies, talking with my friends with movies, dissecting movies. I even worked at the local movie theater for a while, just for free movies. Um, And I actually even planned events focused on film, like an annual Oscar party that I would put on for all my friends. So it just made sense for me to be focusing on some aspect of television and film. But why did I pick Disney Plus as being the focal point of this podcast? Well, I know for me, growing up, when it came to entertainment, Disney was the one-stop shop. And I know that wasn't just the case for me. Like, everyone around me, they loved Disney. That's what everybody talked about growing up. It was the company of our youth. And it's the most definitive entertainment source just growing up. And the older that I got, I I just found that their movies continued to resonate with me all the more. The old ones that I continued to come back to over and over again because they were just my favorites. And the new ones that they would come out with. So it just, it just made sense to be talking about it. Also, with, with that comes the fact that Disney, in the last few years, have taken within their ownership other childhood favorites like Star Wars and Marvel. So just, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to be able to just dissect and to have my guests come on and just discuss with me um, as we go through this. So that's, that's the idea behind the inspiration of the podcast Later on, towards the end of the episode, we'll be discussing any recent news that has come out in the last week regarding the streaming platform. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce my first guest as we talk about the movie Onward. So the moment that I knew Onward was going to be the, the topic of our first episode, I knew that my guest had to be Tyler Merrill. Say hello to the listeners, Tyler.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm pumped to be a part of this.
0: So Tyler, as as the podcast is first being launched, we're kind of in the middle of corona. What have you been doing um, with your time?
1: So, um, so I work at a mom and pop music store, and so uh, we're definitely not uh, an essential business. So we're closed down, and um, we're lucky enough that our uh, our product isn't perishable so you know it's all that stuff's going to be the same as when i go back so um so i've been staying at home uh, i've been kind of getting the house ready for our baby uh, me and my wife abby were uh expecting a baby may 30th which is coming up pretty soon and uh, so i've been in like daddy nesting mode like getting mm-hmm. rooms ready like getting projects done that i've been putting off and getting the house baby safe as much as i can um, and uh, obviously playing a whole lot of Animal Crossing, an embarrassing amount of Animal Crossing. Um, and yeah, we've been watching a ton of Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, you know, just, yeah. just to pass the time. So,
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the reason why I thought I would even go this route with this podcast. is just kind of talking about the streaming world. Because mm. really that's where we're getting all our entertainment at this point. Movie theaters are shut down. We literally can't go out and do really anything at this moment in time so you know we're getting our entertainment from Disney plus from Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and whatever else people are using so yeah I just I kind of felt like it would make sense going about this Mm -hmm. um what have you been watching on Disney plus
1: um so we've been actually it's really funny because Abby has been catching up on a lot of Um, old Disney movies that either she never got the chance to watch Mm -hmm. or watched it when she was like four or five and then never saw it again like Alice in Wonderland Um, she never saw Alice in Wonderland before and she was delighted because she's into she loves like really weird fantasy stuff
0: yeah that's like right
1: up her alley yeah for sure Um, and so it's been kind of fun to like watch some of these with her and A lot of times them being the first time you know instead of being a kid being an adult and that's been really cool Mm -hmm. Um, and to kind of share it in that with her so yeah so a lot of a lot of the old standbys um, uh, it was fun to watch Aladdin again which Mm -hmm. is one of my absolute favorites it was fun to uh, um, I think we were watching Sleeping Beauty which I forgot a ton of stuff about too so yeah yeah, just kind of old standbys yeah yeah
0: same -hmm. with same with my wife Jess she hasn't seen a lot of Disney stuff you know she'll return back to the ones that she's always loved like 101 Dalmatians and the Aristocats Mm -hmm. but she's never seen Lady and the Tramp or Sleeping Beauty so we recently have watched a lot of those so that's been cool yeah Um, that's awesome that's really cool Um, so yeah Tyler being my first guest is not just because he's like one of my really close friends, but you know, with with that, we stood alongside each other in each other's weddings, and we were roommates for years before that. We lo- we worked together at the local movie theater that I mentioned before. But also, and I know this is why I wanted Tyler to come on for this show, um, is that Tyler is one of the guys who first introduced me to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Like growing up, I, I always it. wanted to go and do those kinds of things and like do some tabletop games with, you know. Um, what RPG action and stuff along those lines, but none of my friends were really interested in it as much as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so living with Tyler, we just we had a blast, like just us and our roommates at the time, just playing D and D all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just knew he was gonna be the the perfect guest for my episode, for my first episode yeah. talking about onward. Yeah. So what. Let's talk a little bit about D and D, or Dungeons and Dragons, as it's also known by.
1: Obviously. Yeah, uh, so for folks who are unfamiliar with with D and D or Dungeons and Dragons, um, it's a fantasy tabletop role playing game. It actually started in about like 1974 or so as a war strategy game. Um, it is essentially a uh, think think uh, Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia style, um, and you can be, but it is your story um, that you have stake in that you can make decisions in. Um, all the actions that you do, you're rolling dice to determine how well you actually succeed or fail in them, which is really cool because it adds this aspect of randomness, um, and again, when you're playing with your buddies, uh, playing in character, um, someone that's not at all like you are in real life, or you can play just like yourself. Um, it's uh, Either way is a really good time, and uh, um, yeah, so we've been, I've been playing for about, t- since 2013, so about seven years now. Um, and man, I thought D&D was for the nerdiest of the nerdy, which it probably, probably is. I mean, we have to look around the table. You yeah, know? right. Um, and I probably would have been playing this at 10 years old had I known what this was, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a wonderful game. Super fun.
0: And Tyler has been the, the DM, the dungeon master for the most recent game that I've been involved in. And, um, I've, I've only really played with two different characters and one who I've been playing with recently, but it's been a little while since the last time we played, probably due to Corona. Right. Um, but it's it's really funny because this movie, Onward, it just pulls in so many things from the world of D anD. D. I actually was looking in on it, and apparently they had a lot of the creators or the the people from the company of Dungeons and Dragons come in and consult with Pixar. Oh, good. In the making of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, they would have had so many people be very upset if they. Really messed up on like classic creature miss like misnames or whatever. So I mean I'm I'm very happy with the way it turned out, and um, I guess it makes sense that they had some consults. So good for them. Yeah,
0: and it's definitely very much just a a love letter to that to that world, obviously yeah, yeah. with the characters and the world that we're entering mm-hmm. into as we turn on that movie. Um, so in talking about Pixar, because mm-hmm. um, that's we're going to be really the focal point within the company that we're talking about. Do you have like a, a favorite Pixar movie or moment or
1: yeah, kind um, of looking
0: at, at this?
1: So I've been really digging the more like the, I feel like the more recent stuff in the past, like I, I wanna say five or six years, you'll forgive me. I don't know the exact Pixar timeline, sure. but um, ones that really um, take a big, big kind of a ri- uh, big risk in terms of um, doing something really different like inside out where it yeah. has everything to do with like emotion and um and how we process it and having basically putting it in a format where kids can watch it and kinda understand how they can uh how their emotions and how their brains work. Um and it's really incredible. Um and then <laughs> also, incredible <laughs> Um Uh because 'cause I'm you know, I'm a music guy, so Coco um yeah. made me weep. So for me I have this this uh um these levels of how much I cry uh, in movies. If I just well, stage one is just welling up in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Stage two is one eye t- actually cries, single tear. But Coco cry, twice, I got to stage three. I cried out of both of oh my, my eyes. Gosh. Yeah, it was so good. And again, that movie's all is about it's about death and yeah. the afterlife. Um, and again, they they do a great job with um, the Dia, uh, Dia de los Muertos and getting that, um, aspect of the, uh, Mexican culture involved, which is really cool and really tasteful. Um, and that's really awesome. Like, like only, only Disney and Pixar could like pull that off in a really good way that like helps, like, it's not scary to kids or confusing to kids. It's approachable and it's in a way that both the parent and the kid can enjoy. Um, so yeah, I, I like those a ton. Um, and, uh, Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: I mean, Pixar for me, growing up, I watched Toy Story and Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. over and over again. But it, grew, like getting older and now being an adult, the emotional notes in the most their most recent movies have, have really done me in. Yeah. And I'll just find myself just crying. You know, I found myself crying watching Onward, but you mentioned Coco already. You mentioned Inside Out. And I think, honestly, if they came out with these movies back in 95 when Toy Story first came out, I don't think it would necessarily land the way it does now. Like, right. they've earned the right to break our hearts. Right. You know, so it's just, like, I I love both those movies that you mentioned. And because it brings me to a point of just, I'm like, oh my gosh, overwhelmed with emotion. And I think Onward did that for me again. Yeah. Especially well, the ending.
1: Well, they've also gotten good at that in terms of, like, figuring out um, how to... I don't know the right way to say it, but at least how, how to like really get into your heart, I suppose. Um, because a lot of it is super relatable and if you can't relate to it yet, you will at some point. Um, and so they've gotten really, really good. And I think, um, key parts of it too are like, I'm sure they did wild amounts of consultations for inside out as an example, because like, um, one of my favorite um, parts of the movie Inside Out is when um, they're getting on the train and they have a box of, of opinions and facts and they get and they get knocked over. It's like, oh no! Uh, the opinions and facts got, got mixed together, uh, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry, that happens all the time." Yeah. Um, and just like little things like that, where it's like funny to kid, happens in the brain all the time. You know. Um, it's so yeah. They've they've gotten really good at uh, at piecing it together and they're really good at breaking our hearts. Yeah, so they really scary. are.
0: And and it's in such an a, in a smart way. You yeah. know, like you look in the same way that with like a Marvel movie, you look for like the Easter eggs, you look for like mm-hmm. the little things that are hidden within the movie and they do such a great job with the jokes and what's being hidden on the screen mm-hmm. that it's just, it. I find it really, it brings it just to another level within the entertainment and then talking about Inside Out, like I had a friend who she was talking about how she wanted to be a psychologist or a counselor to children. Mm-hmm. And she said this is amazing just in regards to what it does with the conversation when it comes to understanding emotions and understanding how to like – Okay, sadness is, is not necessarily something that is bad in the sense that it's, it's kind of processing and telling you how you right. how you feel and what's important to you. So it's it's just really, really great – but um, let's get on to <laughs> onward. No more talk on Inside Out. Um, what are your What are your general thoughts of um, for the movie?
1: Yeah. Um, so when I first saw it, I didn't get a D and uh, okay. So when I first saw the trailers and the ads for it, I didn't really get a D and D like feel mm-hmm. at all. So like, okay, well, that looks kind of cool, fantasy. Like, sure, I'll I'll probably watch it at some point. And then you were like, um, TT, this movie is absolutely D and D related. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was so great. I loved um again, I'm I'm always paying attention to all the little D and D related things mm-hmm. and they were there. They were there and tastefully there again. Right. For uh people who aren't really into that world. Um it's not so much where they're like, I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, but for people who are into it, they notice all the things and um and I'm that guy. So I notice all the all sure. these things and it was a, a really fun adventure to watch and, and be a part of.
0: I wonder if like this is gonna Encourage people to actually get involved in in doing role playing games, you know, and and being a part of a D and D game or something.
1: I mean, I'd hope so. Um, because again, it like there's never been a cooler time to be a nerd than now. um yeah. And for people who haven't yet taken the leap or still have the reservations, um, I mean, even even now, Disney is like, hey, D and D, yeah, it's cool. Um, and it's interesting because I mean. Disney's all about fantasy and castles and right you know all adventure and it's a really natural like pairing honestly it's it's interesting that it took so long for something like this to happen but um I'm glad it did.
0: yeah um so this was directed and written um by Dan Scanlon. Mm-hmm. um his he's only uh, the only other movie he did was with Pixar um and it was Monsters University mm-hmm. which wasn't one of my favorites okay but this is like I got to tell you, um, I do. a am This is where I am such a nerd. I list off all the movies that I see. So for twenty two thousand twenty, I have a list of like mm-hmm. ranking the movies that I've seen so far. And right now, onward is on the, the tip top of the list. Oh yeah. And I watched it again last night, and I was just like, man, this movie <laughs> is so good. Um, but this, yeah, the the writer and director. I mean, when you're a part of the Pixar team, they kind of they tend to keep everything usually like in house. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so there are a lot of repeats in the director. So I feel like he's somebody who's kind of been around a while. Um, I don't know, actually, I should probably, if if I have a podcast, I should probably do all that research, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) because I I do like the idea of trying to keep this, um, slightly informed, you know, with the podcast, but just mostly just regular guys talking about, about the movies. But I, I love the world. I love the world that we were kind of entering into. It was very much... It was reminiscent of... It was kind of what I wanted Bright to be. If you remember that from a couple years ago with Will Smith. Mm -hmm. And I just... Where that fell as far as um, the world itself, I felt like. And like trying to make it hard-edged. You know what I mean? Making it a rated R movie. I'm like, oh, you have so much that you could have worked with. I really feel that like Onward really stuck the landing when it came to that.
1: Yeah, it was a really... um... It was really interesting. Um, so I, I love this whole, like, our world, but, like, sort of, like, a different dimension in a sense. Like, for example, like, I love Full Metal Alchemist a ton. Okay. And that's that takes place um, in this, uh, basically, um, instead of, like, electricity um, being the... or and sci- I, I, Instead of science being the main thing that is chased after, it's actually alchemy that ends up being... What actually shapes the entire world instead mm-hmm. and that's that's where kind of like our two universes divide um, and uh, and so in this particular world it's interesting that um, you know it's this fantasy world that suddenly decides that you know for people who can 't do magic and want a simpler life that techno wow technology really makes things easy, which is true in yeah. our life but we just didn't have magic right um, and that that kind of blows my mind in a sense that um and also, it was a hard hard for me to kind of suspend my belief that, like, I think there'd be a heck of a lot more people doing magic right. in the movie than that. You know, too many. It seemed like too many of them kind of forgot and just were like, "Yeah, no, I'll I'll stick with my technology," mm-hmm. you know, and this modern technology that we have now, not like crazy futuristic technology. Right. Um, but yeah,
0: and I, and I think we can talk a little bit more about some of those things. I mean, we'll 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 go heavy into the the spoilers later on in the podcast. And, okay. Kind give everybody a warning, but you know you see these mythological creatures. Um, a character who's a centaur, mm-hmm. who's like riding along in his in his cop car. He's he's a cop in the in the movie. He's one of my favorites actually, <laughs> and he's, he's like the one character is like you could like run, you know you can gallop. Mm-hmm. You were made for
1: this, you Seven, know, seventy miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. and he's like now take the car. And so like
0: this is a world that has totally lost touch. With their roots and who they were and what what it was that made them to even to the extent that they're like ah that doesn't exist that never really happened right. you know um but yeah i i, I love this movie i love the characters um the the two brothers so the two brothers the, they're the leads of the movie it's um tom holland and chris pratt um the actors they're everyone knows i think who they are they're famous from the mcu tom holland playing spider-man and mm-hmm. Chris Pratt playing um Star Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're a younger and older brother mix here. And I I just I, I fell in love with their characters, I fell in love with their story, their their whole motivation throughout the movie in regards to doing the spell to bring their father back, mm-hmm. who um died when when the older brother was was very young and the mother was still pregnant with the youngest son. Um and they don't go into like how he died and obviously that's we don't need to do that and that's good. No, let's spare the kids (laughs) to some
1: degree. Yeah, they just said he got sick because we're we're
0: dealing with you know a widow and their you know fatherless children. You know, so it's like a pretty. It's hard. Yeah, it's a heavy. It's a heavy topic to be talking about and tackling. So let's let's talk about the the two brothers and their their relationship. What do you What do you think?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well. um... I mean, so one, uh, I feel like, uh, I don't know if I can relate a ton to it. So I, I'm actually the younger brother. I, I have an older brother, um, but like, we weren't at all like, like these two brothers at um, but, um, it was really, it was really interesting to see, you know, that the older brother, it, it embarrasses the younger brother and he, and the younger brother's just still just trying to be comfortable in his own skin and just kind of figure out how to be, himself. You know, it's a very much of like a coming of age kind of time and uh um uh yeah and uh so it's funny he's still trying to figure out how to how to make friends without being super embarrassed by his family. Um but uh yeah it was I don't know, it's just really touching to see. What about what do you think? I I loved to
0: see their contrast with each other. You know, the mother says at one point within the movie is she has a son who is scared of everything Mm -hmm. and a son who's scared of nothing. Yeah. And I think that really was just like good synopsis of who they were, you know. And so you see this bobastic, um, you know, character that is Chris Pratt's, you know, he kind of reminded me of, and it was kind of like, he had a very metal vibe to him. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. Like, and so he kind of reminded me of Jack Black.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that. You know, yeah. especially
0: if you've seen the movie Orange County. Have you seen that with... Um, no, I haven't, um, actually. Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks, and, oh my gosh, we'll have to watch that at some point. Okay. But it's a younger brother who's so embarrassed by his screw-up older brother who can't get his life together, and that's Jack Black. And it's kind of early on in Jack Black's acting career. Um, it's hysterical. If You you have to watch it. And if, listeners, if you have not seen that movie, check it out. It keeps me laughing every time. And I, I actually bring a lot of the quotes into my everyday life. Um, and... There is definitely like a um, heavy metal. He has this van. He's called Guinevere, and he rides along in it. And it's just like I don't know. It's it's really it's really kind of funny his his character because he's he's like somebody who's hanging on to that old world, the heritage. You know, he's kind of almost like chalked up as being a. Um, a activist, you know, mm-hmm. who's a, who's like, you know, hate hugging monuments, and people are just like, we got to cut these things down. And he's like, no, we're escaping what, who we were, you right, know. Yeah. And so, um, and then Tom Holland being his character, Ian. Is so nervous. And honestly, those first scenes of him just interacting like with his classmates or whatnot are mm-hmm. so hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's, he's got this kid who's like walking all over him, and then he's just trying to invite some other kids who are nice kids. They're not mean or anything yeah. to his birthday party, because that day is his 16th birthday, which is a big part of the movie. Right. Um, and he's just so nervous and he's falling apart and he's being embarrassed by his brother, and it's just like Oh, so the the movie really is Ian's journey, yeah. You know, forward, and obviously his older brother, brother Barley as well. But yeah, do you have any more thoughts in regards to them?
1: Um, not necessarily, no. I like I said, I think if I had a, a lot more relation between the two, I mean, I definitely had that like awkward teen phase. But um, um, I think probably I had that more awkwardness when I went to like like a summer camp where like. Okay, clean slate. How do I make friends again? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so... But otherwise, no. I think mm-hmm. that kind of covers it for me. Any
0: other um, characters stand out to you that you really want to talk about?
1: Oh, in general? All right, so going back to... Um, uh, uh,
0: Colt Bronco? I'll, yeah.
1: <laughs> so me and Abby were arguing on how he got in his car, like, for 10 minutes. <laughs> so we watched we, we watched the movie again this morning, and, okay. and I'm like, it looks like he's laying his, his like, horse body, like, across... His normal seat, and then over into the passenger seat. We're like, no, no, no. It pushes. His it looks seat. like he goes it into the back seat. seat. But the thing is, is that car seat when he uh, okay, I'm uh you got you guys if you go see this movie, <laughs> go to the part where they just get over a bridge, and Colt Bronco pulls up, and he gets out of his car. You see him get out of his car, and the back the his seat moves um back maybe like five inches. There's not nearly enough room for his body to fit back there, and so that's what I me and Abby were arguing. Like, how does that work? How <laughs> the heck does that work? Um, but yeah, I mean, he was he was like a great, like really classic, like awkward, awkward stepdad, just yeah. trying to be cool, trying to trying to connect with the the stepkids. And that's an always an awkward time too. And,
0: and that's and that's the thing. In this movie, was he established as a stepdad, or was she just no, he's a boyfriend?
1: He was a boyfriend. So
0: that's. Like I feel like Disney, very often, you know, if they're they're famous for you know killing off parents, you know what I mean within sure, their yeah. movies, and if you know, there's a whole thing of like if they have both parents within the movie, someone's going to die, or there's right. only one parent who's actually in the movie itself and they right. who's involved in mm-hmm. stuff. But this is like one one of the first times, and then if there's also like if there's a stepfather or a stepmother, that's already kind of established going into the movie. Yeah. This is such a whole different thing where it's like you're watching your mom date someone someone else someone new yeah Yeah, yeah. someone new or you know' you've, you, she's only been maybe a single mom, right, so this is just so that she's dating um Colt Bronco, who's this cop, and he's he's not mean or anything, he's not a bad guy. there's no bad guy in this movie no. you know yeah, um and he's just his laugh is not <laughs> It's it's so it's so great. It tickles me every time, you know, the, but every time the two times I watched the movie. Um yeah, he was he was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was and his pursuit of the boys as they're going on their big adventure. And then obviously we got to talk about the father.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they they cast this spell early on the um in the movie, you know, there is this spell that was kind of left for them that they needed to do in order to bring their father back for one whole day. Yeah. And he, you know, the father left them this mage staff and it really gets established that Ian, the younger one, is the one who has the, the sorcery power, the, the magical power within him to, to do all these things. Right. And so he starts bringing his dad back and he gets distracted or something or the brother, older brother tries to jump in there too and he only comes back with his bottom half. Exactly. So it's like from the waist down and it's his legs and they, they put together this like this winter coat with sunglasses and hoodies and whatnot to make up. The rest of his top half of his body—that's
1: <laughs> like ragdoll top half. Oh, and oh it's, man! It's it's
0: like it's Pixar doing
1: a weekend at Bernie's. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's why I'm so excited about this movie too. Because I, you know, weekend at Bernie's is not a kids movie. No. Um. And but the you know the, the the whole idea of like a body flopping around like tickles me, you know pink so like, much. Like how the
0: arms and his body lands on how like a body would typically land right. and the, the body language that would come with that mm-hmm. is so
1: funny. So funny. And now it's nice that I can show my future kid to come, um, um, you know, have him be able to be tickled at that kind of humor without having to subject him to actual weekend at Bernie's. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Maybe later yeah. some, <laughs> when we get to that point.
0: <laughs> and uh, there's also like a, a very... Um, silent movie star aspect to him mm-hmm. just in regards to that. So, you know, it really harkens back to like a Buster Keaton or a Charlie Chaplin yeah. kind of thing, which is, is really kind of funny. But, you know, it's he's connecting um, with his boys, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that they communicate with him is the older brother does this whole right. on his foot to let him know like that it's, that it's him. Right. And it's just really cute. And like those little notes within there that really just yeah they are, are very fun and, and sweet
1: well it adds a, a touching aspect to it and it also adds a really great comic relief um in terms of just adding some lightness to the situation how the boys are like responding to it for obviously being terrified that they're literally just his dad's legs and nothing else yeah <laughs> um, um and, and, and and like pulling him around with what's it, it's a dog leash right one of those <laughs> retractable dog leashes that, you know Um, but, and then even, even moments where, um, what they're, they're in, they're kind of arguing, um, and there's loud music coming out of the van and the dad's legs feel the vibrations and he, he just starts, his legs start busting out and dancing and they're like, wow, he is terrible. (laughs) And and they just have a great time and it kind of softens this like kind of tense moment between the boys. Um, just kind of bring them back to, you know, what all this is for again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. So having having this character that that doesn't speak and it's really just the boy's adventure with their their sort of dad with them, right? You know who can't who can't speak or can't give advice or can't respond other right. than react to feel um, more than anything. It's a an really interesting obstacle, which is something that comes in D and D. You know I mm. I love and we'll talk more about the obstacles in 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 the movie too. But that it's cool that that's one challenge that's. Just kind of piled on top of the rest of the challenges, too. Well,
0: let's kind of go into maybe some of that. You know, there's other characters in the movie, but I really want to transition into just talking about, like, the best moments or the favorite moments in regards to the movie. And I'm sure some of that, for me, was the whole D&D aspect of -hmm. of the the movie itself.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, um, you know, things that I'm paying attention to. So when I play D&D, my main character is a wizard. Um, and so, like, of course, this movie entirely spoke to me because right. here's this kid Ian who is trying to figure out that wow, okay, he's got this ability to cast magic, but is still figuring out. And then them listing off these different spells. Now they're not calling them by their spell names as they would be in D and D, probably because right. for copyright reasons. I don't know, maybe. Sure. Um, but I wrote this list of of the things in order of how I saw them. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that spell, like the light spell. Um, basically the visitation spell is essentially a resurrection spell. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm sure Disney's not a whole lot about like raising things from the dead, I don't know. The disguise spell they did, levitation, air walk, lightning bolt. The whole shrink and enlarge thing was so great because in the game, um, the ability to sh- make things really tiny, make things really big, add this hilarious aspect to things always. There's this great moment where they're going into a cave and they're trying to figure out how to go down this really long uh long river and like this could go for miles how do we how do we go um and so they uh they take a cheese doodle they make it huge to the size of a boat and they jump on the cheese doodle put it in the water and then he uses a speed spell to make the cheese doodle accelerate that is like in a nutshell that is the beauty of magic in in dungeons and dragons well i
0: feel like you know (laughs) i i haven't been a dm but I've been in enough games with you and like while you were being a character, we had our friend Carl be the DM. Yeah. um, Just kind of throwing out these ridiculous things that was like, I'm going to do this. And he's like, oh.
1: And they have to figure (laughs) out how to facilitate that. (laughs) Like,
0: can I take this cheese doodle and make a spell on it? He's like, yeah, you can try. Yeah, Natural 20. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh man, and you know a big part of it is just being resourceful, like looking at the things that you have. And these guys didn't really have anything; they had a bag of cheese doodles, right? You know, and and their magic and their wits, um, and that's and so it was really cool that they kind of captured that spontaneity and creativeness out of like such absurd, like yeah. really absurd circumstances, um, yeah. and and it worked, and uh, and it obviously ended up help help them complete their goal later.
0: Yeah, and I think um, the conversation. The conversations that get me because Barley his character Chris Pratt is totally sold on this world and he actually you can see in their house they have like a D&D setup yeah. on their like kitchen table or whatever and so he's like the expert and so he's the one who's referring to everything he's the one who's advising his brother as he is the one who has all these magical spells and there was a conversation in the van when they're first talking. He goes, oh, you're a level one mage, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's totally the conversations we have, you know, in regards yeah. to doing anything in magic, you know, or um, doing anything in D&D, that is. And so it's, it just kind of cracked me up. Um, the, uh, the, moment, the two moments that really stood out to me was first the disguise spell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that whole scene is great because they're posing as another character from the movie Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually it brings on one of the most heart-wrenching moments within it where it 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 really shows on how Ian the younger brother feels about his older brother right and it's just like oh you know and that is their relationship is the crux of the film you think it's honestly about them and the father but it's really about the two brothers Right. right And so I love that scene for the comedic notes, but also for just what it did within the story to tell us, just to take that story forward, driving it to the end. Right.
1: You know? Um, so, and for me, again, me trying to pay attention to, like, how it relates to D&D or what they're doing that would be, like, playing. Yeah. Is that, so you, they've got the disguise aspect, but you still have to speak. It doesn't, you know, you sound like the person, but you still have to say convincing things. So, you know, there, uh, Ian is, you know, ad-libbing, trying to make up a story, but he can't lie because the spell will fail. Right. Um, in this case, that's how the spell works in this movie. Um, and so it's really cool to see, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's rolling, he's rolling bluff. Um, and he's mm-hmm. not rolling real well, you mm-hmm. know, um, because he's not naturally very good at it. Which is, you know, a skill that you have would have in Dungeons and Dragons, and something you'd roll for it. So in my brain, I'm like converting the actions that they're doing into into dice rolls, um, and ac- and uh, special abilities, or just skills that you'd have in the game. Um, and that's that was really fun too. And I think that that was probably like my biggest like, oh man. They're using the Disguise spell, and then they're using Bluff to make it – to, like, yeah. really facilitate it forward. And that was – and, you know, they barely scraped by, but, um, yeah, that was fun. <clears throat> Do
0: you have any other moments you want to talk about? let um, sit out to you.
1: Let's see. Just just in general? like Yeah, any yeah. favorite parts? Okay, so um, – Apart from the end. We'll get to the end yeah, in, yeah. in a little bit. Okay, so uh, the whole uh, cl- the thing with uh, – I think for me there are some, like – goofy inconsistencies I shouldn't say inconsistencies but just like like if you've really thought hard about it it got really weird to think about really fast like the the sprites for instance okay okay so um one in this world they uh everything is like sized for like a human or an elf you know whatever okay nothing is like specially sized for anything else like for example the giant troll is in the tiny chair made for an elf or the sprites like, 15 Sprites are driving one motorcycle instead of having a Sprite-sized motorcycle. Sure. And what's even more bizarre to me is that, like, how the heck do 15 Sprites coordinate <laughs> to drive a motorcycle? Like, you know, right on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that, that just cracked, cracked me up, like, thinking too hard about that. I'm like, yeah, let's just enjoy it for what, for what it is. Um, but the moment where um they're heading out and they knock over, like, dominoes of the motorcycles all in a row, that that like uh, jumped my memory right back to Pee-wee's Big Adventure because that's exactly what happens in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He's around these ruffians. He's just trying to make a phone call, and he wants to leave, and he bumps a motorcycle and knocks them all down, and then he gets into this big fight with a bunch of bikers, which is literally what happens (laughs) right there. So I'm like, yeah, awesome. Just like my favorite movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Love it. Uh. Um, So that was pretty dope. Um, And I think... Um, and again, the last, like, little, like, I don't want to say just, just think that makes me think a whole lot. So, going to the Manticore lady, Okay, yeah. Okay, I know we talked about characters, but I really want to talk about this. Yeah, she's,
0: um, just to give you guys a little bit of background, um, she's voiced by Octavia Spencer. She's a great character. She kind of teams up with the mom to kind of try to find the boys towards the second half of the movie. But go on,
1: go on. So, um... So she, uh, everything is based on historical, uh, historical things in this movie, like right. all the magic, all the stuff. And, uh, and this manticore person, uh, was a part of that, mm-hmm. which means that she existed however many, like centuries, thousands of years beforehand, where all this, st- where like normal magic and not modern technology existed. And she was an active, like warrior woman, all stuff. And she existed and continues to exist up up into this point which means she is and like and there's a lot of things that are just as a given like oh yeah just manticores live thousands of years like hmm, you know that that's just kind of how it is um but that's a mind-blowing thing the idea that she actually saw that entire transformation going from a magic only world into a world of all tech and she caved into the world of tech um, you know, because it's kind of this is a world where they didn't have people suing you into a world where everyone's suing everybody. Sure. Yeah. And she had to, you know, she had to focus on maybe a business that didn't focus on sending people out to dangerous quests. Right. Okay, now we're kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese instead yeah um, like
0: a hodgepodge of a chuck e cheese and an applebee's or something right <laughs> and so I,
1: one of those things i was thinking about like man this lady has some stories to tell yeah um and so that was that was really interesting uh thing to think about for me but yeah okay yeah.
0: she was cool i liked her and then yeah. um she's paired up with the mom and like i said throughout the the movie who's played by julia louise dreyfus most famously from Seinfeld, playing Elaine, right. one of my favorite shows. So recognizing her voice and being like, "Oh my gosh, it's Elaine!" Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and they have a pretty cool adventure moving forward as well. Um, it's not as poignant as the boys' right. adventure. It's not. It's not really their story. It's the boys' story. So, but they have they have some good times when they go to like the pawn shop to get the sword. <laughs> Funny scene yeah. there. Um, yeah, yeah, and then they're they're a huge part of the kind of the ending. Of the movie. Right. The only other thing I want to talk about that I think just cracked me up because they kind of set up, you knew it was going to happen because they set it up earlier in the movie yeah. was the whole gelatinous cube. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. That was so great. And that's such a classic Dungeons and Dragons um, creature. Obviously, you know, for a, pl- a non-player, you know, dragons is like the iconic thing because it's right. literally in the name, but a gelatinous cube has been around forever. Um And the fact that they actually brought that into the movie was really, really exciting. Um, and uh, I thought they did a great job because you can 't mess it up it 's this big think of it like a huge like i don 't know four four foot by four foot by four foot square of jello that if you get immersed into it, you immediately are dissolved of all your flesh and only leaving your bones, yeah. which is really terrifying, um, which also brings up uh, this whole idea of of uh, mortality is a really big part of this movie. Like yeah. there are so many times one, cause in that scene where there's gelatinous cubes, you see skeletons everywhere. Right. Like they could have died and right. people have died. Like they, they are touching dead people's bones.
0: They're on a legitimate Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Adventure.
1: And that's what makes the, the adventure really exciting is that like, it's not like, okay, well if we fail, we'll just go home. We'll try harder next time. It's like, if you fail, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. especially in a dungeon, like filled with all these booby traps. Um, which, you know, they're like, uh, they, you know, with that, that one uh, hallway with the jaw and this cube, and they're like, there's no time to decipher the floor code. We just need to grab a shield and just run. Yeah. And there's just arrows and spears like shooting into their shields and stuff. I'm like, if they get hit, this Disney movie is taking a really rough turn. Yeah. Real, <laughs> real <fast." laughs>
0: it's a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so
1: I, I love that they, they incorporate the aspects of traps mm-hmm. into the dungeon because that's big. That's really essential for. Uh, to kind of really capture the d and d world so
0: so we've we 've talked for a while let 's let 's kind of talk about kind of the overall themes or just the message of the movie, or kind of we 'll be probably going into the ending of the movie, so sure. spoiler alert if you haven 't seen it and you don 't want it to be ruined for you, but we 're going to talk about that um within this this time period so what do what are you thinking like we 're talking about how we 're crying at the end of the movie yeah. What was it about the movie for you that just brought on the tears um, for for a time for you to get really vulnerable right now? Yeah, okay. Let me let
1: me take a big deep breath here. Um, well, I mean, for one, um, I love that um, for well, for one, Disney and Pixar they've been doing a lot of um, making not very predictable endings. Yeah. I think, and I'm really loving that because I mean we've we've we're in this generation where we're blessed with all these like so many movies and you can basically like watch the first five minutes and then kind of rewrite the rest yourself and, right. and get a good idea of what's going to happen but um, this idea that's
0: never a guarantee with that, Pixar
1: right it's not and I love that and that's what I think that's what really catches us and makes us want to cry because in this case here it is where um the uh, Ian doesn't actually get to meet his father no. he sees his brother uh, Barley in the distance um he sees his body um kind of pull back together in full and the dads. Ha- the dad's body yeah. right and and barley you know they, they you see an unspoken you can't see the words that are hear the words but you see them talk and you see them hug and they disappears as the sun sets um and ian is not ever actually a part of it right. um, but this uh this really awesome realization that uh for ian that um that barley was the one who stepped up basically not to replace his father but but to be like a father figure, one to, right. to look out for him to be the encouraging one. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and that, was, that was really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh,
0: and, that, and that's kind of just like in, in thinking about the movie, you know, like that's the, that's the big part is that Ian had Barley. Right. Barley didn't have anyone. Right. You know, he he's talks about how he has these few memories of his dad before he went, but he was, we see pictures, he's, he's way young. Right. you know. And so Barley to end up the way that he did without a father figure, it really kind of is poignant. Yeah. In a really huge way and then the relationship between the two of them and how Ian ultimately find out how Ian feels about Barley. Right. Within the movie, you know, and is really is is really done excellently, you yeah. know. And it's it's really what brought me to tears, you know, cuz at the end of the movie when they They're on the final battle basically, the final final moment within the movie and Ian comes to this realization, he has this list of all these things he wants to do with his dad Mm -hmm. and then he's kind of crossing them off because he's realizing that this adventure is ending and they weren't able to do what they were wanting to do and they think it's all over and then he realizes that Barley is the one who did all these things like play catch, go for a walk, share his life with him. Right. Like literally, I shared my whole life with my brother, who practically raised me right like this is this is not light
1: stuff right
0: this is this is deep, heavy stuff,
1: but it's real stuff, yeah, and that's what's awesome is that like there are plenty of people out there who who is one who's uh someone really close to them passed away, or mm. they never got the chance to meet them right you know um and and that that's why I liked how uh, I liked how bold they go with these type of movies because like it's not like Beauty and the Beast because people aren't you know we're not being captured and then we're not you know it's like this is this isn't magic this is real yeah. real social stuff that happens to real people and I and I love that because uh, they're touching on what's they're really getting into the real world stuff not just the magic stuff yeah um, yeah um, something I liked a lot too kind of going back to in barley got that final moment with his dad in the movie um you know Bar- uh, barley talks about how he has these three memories but there's this fourth one that he doesn't like um, and his fourth memory is when his dad was really sick um he had an option uh, he had a they wanted him to say goodbye to his dad yeah but he was too scared yeah because he was a kid he was like what yeah. th- like four three, right. maybe you know and he was too scared and then you know his dad passed away and he lost his chance to say, goodbye, to say to goodbye, and here was his chance to finally get closure to finally say goodbye to his dad um and so you know that that moment like I knew was really critical for him, although again he and he was a really resilient kid, yeah. as you pointed out yeah that, that was that was really cool but um what a really special moment, especially like not even to hear the conversation, but to just see them in the distance talking and then to hug was just like, uh, you don't even need to know what they're saying. And the conversation
0: that the the two brothers have after that, it's just like, Oh my gosh. You know, it's, I get, I'm getting goose, goose chills, goose pimples. Just thinking about it right now. (laughs) Get all goose pimply. Um, yeah. And just like you, you kind of expect, because you know, you, you know, these movies well enough, that like you're moving towards, um, Ian, who's never met his dad, is going to have this moment because you see him holding onto the memory of his dad so much, even, even though it's nobody's ever... He's somebody he's never met before. Right. And so you expect him to have that moment, but the fact that it's Barley, I think it just... It really humanizes Barley in such a way that it's not just a comical throwaway character. And, yeah, I... Again, I just, like... I love this movie. Yeah. All in for all. Sure. Um... Yeah, so let's kind of give it our rating. Let's give it our score. Okay. Um so I don't know how we give this a score like <laughs> yeah. you know, how many gelatinous cubes would we get out of gelatinous <laughs> cubes. But um I don't know. Do you do you have a, a thought on how you would go about it? I know you're somebody who you typically love most movies that you yeah, watch, I'm, but
1: I'm really easy to please. Um but uh for this particular one, um I, I like this one a lot. So I think I mean, one of my favorite Disney animations, was, which is not a Pixar one, is Tangled. I love right. I love that one a lot. Um, but because... Um, even if this one wasn't D&D-themed, so to speak, but, mm-hmm. like, this... I would, I still would have loved this movie. But this aspect... This story had great characters. Um, it had a great dynamics between them. Awesome humor. Um, and uh, the whole D&D theme, which is, like, everything I want. Honestly, this is probably my... Uh, like, my new favorite like animation yeah um and like i honestly can't wait to show this movie to my kid right um because i you know obviously we want we want our kids to like the things that we like um but this this is just such a fun movie um and so i mean i i'll give it i don't know i don't know how it could have really been much better yeah you know so
0: like five out of five
1: yeah five gelatinous cubes out of five gelatinous cubes wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: I I I'm always so fearful to give like a perfect score to yeah. something because I'm just like you you know how it is like you're like oh that was amazing or oh that was terrible you know what I mean right. so it's just like to to and you, after seeing it so recently you right. know but honestly I can't remember a movie that I've seen and and just continue to be able to think about the movie so much since watching it right you know so I I've, I've seen it twice over the past week and. I just can't shake it. You know, and just being brought back to the different moments within the movie and the relationship of the brothers. And I'm gonna to to like hedge my bets, I'm gonna have to give it a pretty close to perfect score. So we'll say like four point seven gelatinous cubes. Like a sliced one of those cubes. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. those, those yeah. look like they're easily sliced. Get a little <laughs> mini cubes going around. Um, but yeah, I mean this is right up there for me as with the Incredibles. I love Toy Story Two, probably more than most other people, because there's a whole, like, collector's sure, yeah, aspect yeah. to Toy Story 2 that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. That some people are like, oh, this movie's kind of boring. And I'm just well, like, I and love it. And that's mm-hmm.
1: where, like, you know, the per- that's where, like, personal bias comes in. Yeah. And, and, you know, with this, with the D&D stuff, of course, I'm totally personally yeah. biased. So I love sold. Yeah, Yeah, it's totally sold. Yeah,
0: so I think, um, yeah, I mean, Incredibles, again, superheroes, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. come on, you're right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, cool, so that's our score. We're given a, a, a perfect 5 and a 4.7, <laughs> um, and that's our score for the movie. Um, so we're going to kind of segue into our next conversation. And we're going to kind of go um, – we're going to finish things up just talking about any recent news in regards to Disney+. Plus. Um, one thing I just want to mention about Onward, which is very interesting. Onward is probably going to be known as the movie within the Pixar library that made the least amount of money at the box office. True. You know, because it, it – I think it hit – it landed in theaters – like a week before all the major shutdowns were going on um, across the state and across the country. Right. And so Disney made a decision that just a couple weeks after it came out in theaters, they were going to release it on Disney Plus. And like honestly, I am so glad I had that to watch on Disney Plus. Yeah. I I love Disney Plus. I'm watching a ton of stuff and they have a ton of original program that programs that lands every week including movies, like original right. Disney Plus movies their movies are a little bit more missed than hit. Mm. And so to have this come out was just such a, it was a pleasure cruise, man. It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I just kind of wanted to say that because we're going to go a little bit into with the news stories. Um, so here, here's a list of five news stories that came out in the last week. And, and Tyler, you can pick whichever one you want to talk about. Yeah. So number one, uh, Disney Plus announces a Mandalorian companion series focused on the making of the hit series. It'll be dropping on May 4th, um, and it'll be episodic, so each episode will come out each week. And um, May 4th is um, when it will land, and that is actually also known as Star Wars Day.
1: (laughs) I was just thinking about that. Yeah, so May the
0: 4th be with you. (laughs) Um, Disney Plus comes under some controversy after it decides to edit out some nudity, I'm going to put that in quotations, um, in the form of a character's butt in the 1980s film Splash. Um, starring Tom Hanks. It's not Tom (laughs) Hanks whose butt is in the movie, but Daryl Hannah, who plays um, the mermaid that he encounters. Um, Number three, Disney Plus surpasses the 50 million, um, no, not $50 million, but the 50 million subscriber mark. And that's four years ahead of schedule based upon what they thought their projections were going to be.
1: Well, and that makes, I mean, honestly, it makes a ton of sense, especially now with everyone being inside with Corona. People aren't doing a whole lot, of, you know, now's a great time. Yeah. People are at home with their kids and for people who don't know how to handle their, I shouldn't say not how to handle the kids, but aren't sure how to, you know, to distract them throughout the day when normally they didn't, they didn't right. have to. They either had daycare, you know, there's plenty of families who do, who do have them at home all the time, but um, having Disney Plus is like probably a godsend for yeah. a lot of parents. Cause okay, you can't mess up, watch whatever you want. Um, all of it's good, wholesome content. Yeah. You're going to have a great time. And that's
0: and that's one thing that they're really focused on is making family-friendly content. Right. We'll get to that some more, too. Number four, um, Disney Plus announces it will launch an all-new live-action remake film based on the 1970s animated classic Robin Hood. And then number five, the last one, um, following the theme of movies dropping online for viewers early due to COVID-19, Disney decides to premiere their movie *Artemis Fowl* on Disney Plus instead of pushing it to a later date in theaters. So, Tyler, which which one of these topics do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, this is the uh, tons of subscribers one for sure because um, uh, I don't know that, that's just really interesting. And again, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, who who of us didn't grow up with at least like. I don't know, like, six to ten VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. And, you know... and for The clamshells. Me- yeah. Those are the ones I had. You know, and that, like, creaky, plasticky sound when you open them up oh. that, like... It was good <laughs> and bad at the same time. Um, and, you know, for a lot of us who grew up in, like, what, like, the 80s and 90s, um, that uh, we watched those movies on repeat. Over
0: and over. Over, and, over.
1: And, and uh And now we're in this time where, like, kids can watch... I mean, one they can watch it over and over, of course, right. too, without having to uh, hit the rewind button and wait five minutes. Um, but now they can watch whatever they want all the time, and there's lots of cool new stuff. Oh yeah, um, and parents don't have to hunt around, or they don't have to. Uh, I don't know. Kids, kids can honestly, kids can handle right. navigating the technology to they, they, they can do it themselves. My
0: nephews do better than I do yeah. when it comes to my phone yep. and whatever. Yeah, and I think. Um, that's, that's one thing with this that has happened, and I, I think the conversation, we, we haven't really talked about it um, much since the, the, the platform landed, yeah. was the fact that the Disney vault is now gone, right. and movies would be put into the Disney vault um, for years, and then you would never be able to find it, buy it, or whatever, um, to, to add to your library. Right. So like even if you went to Amazon, and you're like, oh, I want to buy Sleeping Beauty... That wasn't even an option. and what is to unavailable. Right. You know. And so with Disney Plus, it's eliminated the vault. And the reason why they did that was because they had them, certain films, be released um, within a seven-year mark, Hmm. within a cycle. Okay. And that was in order to get new generations of children Hmm. to have their parents buy them. Smart. And if you ever bought a Disney Blu-ray or DVD, you'll know those are that's a pricey investment
1: that's interesting. I never thought about that it's yeah.
0: like, and it, it doesn't go down. It's like Nintendo games Nintendo yeah. games never depreciate right as far as like the cost of what you have to pay for them it's it's always going to be you know for a Disney blu-ray it's like thirty bucks right it's insane
1: that's wild
0: <laughs> so for them to have the hit the subscriber mark is really um quite interesting four years ahead of schedule, yeah, you know I think they they did their last um they released where they were like a couple months ago. I think it was in February and they were in like 23 or so million subscribers. So they have like more than doubled, Dang! you know, in the last couple months.
1: Yeah. And again, I, I don't know if that, I'm not sure if that would have happened if, uh, if everyone wasn't kind of locked, locked in home and not doing a whole oh, yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: I've nice. definitely increased my Disney plus oh, intake in the last, of you know, a few weeks.
1: Um, anything else you want to talk about from this list? Um, I mean, not necessarily. Um, yeah, I, I know, I know for the most part, like you, you're really heavy into like, ent- like entertainment news and stuff, but yeah, not me. I'm, I'm your friend. You talk to these things too. And I'm like, Whoa, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Um,
0: I think the one for me that I'm just thinking about, I think the Artemis Fowl dropping, I think is an interesting route. You know, yeah. they're pushing Mulan coming out in theaters to another date. They're like moving up most of their slate. To a later, you know, time. So like Black Widow, which was supposed to come out, I think in early May, mm. is now being pushed to where um, the externals, which was their next Marvel movie, in November. Okay. So they're just kind of shifting things over. But they felt like with Artemis Fowl, they wanted to release that um, on Disney Plus because I I, I think the um, the excitement for that movie was kind of lower. You know, we saw that already get pushed around as far as a release date in theaters. I think it was supposed to come out last fall like in that August, September time which is yeah. never really a good time for movies and theaters. It's right. such a dumping ground for not great stuff. Right. So, <clears throat> but I saw the trailer and I thought it looked super cool and I think it's probably going to get more viewing, you know, just people being, watching it because it's on Disney Plus. Right. You know, so I think it is a really good way to go.
1: Um, Quick question. Yeah. Um, so is it, because um, I know with I, – again, I didn't read a whole lot of the Artemis style, but I knew they had multiple books. Um, is this – uh, is my understanding. That yeah, they, I, right? I think
0: in the trailer it said based on the series. Okay. I've never read it, so.
1: Do you know if they are going to try to encum- – are they basically going to pull like an Ender's Game, for instance, which is one of my favorite book right. series where they basically just like – try to encompass it into one movie, so to speak, or basically just so it would stand alone and not have any more movies further, or is that kind of unknown?
0: I think, I mean, I'm not familiar with the books at all. Okay. You know, okay. and I think when the movie comes out, someone will will hear about it on online. Yeah. <laughs> but it does actually kind of have a feel for me, like Andrew's Game. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of think of you in regards to that, because I, I think with the fantasy... And but like how how it looks to some degree reminds me of Ender's Game or the, the feel of it it might just because it's based on a YA um, book book series right, you know yeah. but um, I think the, the other thing that I really just want to kind of mention and talk about is this whole thing on Robin Hood Robin Hood was like one of my favorite Disney movies mm-hmm. I would watch that over and over and over again and actually I would watch it over and over and over again from renting it from the movie store because I didn't actually own it yeah So, I mean, if I owned it, forget about it. I would probably, I would say Robin Hood was my favorite Disney movie growing up. But um, currently that's 101 Dalmatians. That's my favorite. Um, But Robin Hood is is so awesome. But the fact that they're going to be remaking it to a live action film as they're doing with like most of their movies lately you know like we're having Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and
1: would you mean like live action that like they're going to keep them as animals they're going to
0: keep them as animals oh yes
1: (laughs) oh my this
0: I don't know and I think that's where um, there's I liked the remake of the Lion King I I had to choose between the live action I still think it's animated but live action Lion King or the animated one from the 90s I'm going to choose the animated one right but I thought it was fine, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know how this is really going to work, because it, one of the criticisms of The Lion King was that their faces look looked just like,
1: lifeless. Right.
0: You know? And so to kind of... I don't know. It's going to be, like, Animal Farm, but, yeah. but Robin Hood. And I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, and I, I guess I can understand why they'd want to do it. I mean, I, I feel like... And, and you might know more than I would. I feel like there's been, like, a couple Robin Hood remakes in the past 10 years. Am I right? Yeah. Like how many of them? Like so many. It's and, awful. Right. And so I'm sure they're like, well, well nuts. Well, we can't just like make a, a people only version because like so many people only versions have that. Right. Maybe we just got to stick with this whole, you know.
0: And that's, I think Robin Hood is one of the properties. It's one of the the series of stories that doesn't actually have A ownership in regards to a production company right so it's this free thing that people can kind of just do and that's why we see so many robin hood movies and honestly like how many of them are really good yeah they're
1: not great i would say the disney one is the best
0: sure in my opinion and
1: i enjoy the ride but i won't ride on that again sure you know
0: (laughs) so i'm just gonna be interesting to see how like early looks of the characters of little john and robin hood and Prince John, I think Prince John is one of the greatest villains right. in a Disney movie. He's so fun um, to watch. All right. Well, um, with that, that is the news um, with Disney Plus this week. And we're going to kind of just wrap up this episode. Um, you know, typically within a podcast or whatever, you know, if there was a guest coming on, we'd say, well, Tyler, where, where can people find you? You know, but I don't I don't know if that's really necessarily the case here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can find me downstairs because <laughs> we live in the same house. Right. Yes. <laughs> Tyler and I live in the same building. So it makes,
0: a, makes things a lot easier as far as hanging out. You know, we we are, you know, staying at place where we live, you know, honoring the, the um, what's being asked of us in regards to social distancing. But we're able to be together in regards yeah. to this. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um so yeah, I'll be down, I'll be upstairs watching Disney Plus. You'll be downstairs watching Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah, and then we'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> Great, <laughs> awesome. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. I just wanted to close things off and just say a couple things before the podcast ended. Um, first of all, I got to thank Tyler for coming on to this week's episode, this very first episode of the podcast. Um, one thing to know about Tyler is actually he wrote the opening song that played at the beginning of each episode. So he did a little favor for me and he did that. He is a musician and he has a lot more music that if you want to check out, I'm sure you could find. Um, next time he comes on, I'll, I'll make sure we talk a little bit about that so we can kind of plug in, uh, plug his music a little bit. Um, okay. Other than that, next week's episode, we are going to be covering me and my guest, the competition show that has been on Disney Plus for the last couple months. It's wrapping up. It's going into a season finale. It's called Shop Class. So it's kind of a competition show that involves kids and teachers who, who teach technology or shop class. And so it has a carpentry factor it has um, painting and welding and all those things but it's a competition for these kids to participate in it's actually pretty cool so if you want to catch up on that or you want to watch an episode or two the finale does land this week and that is why we're going to be talking about the series so until next time this is Extreme disney thank you guys for listening i'll see you next time